So welcome to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast, sponsored by Axis Communications, and thanks to our supporting partner, 3X Logic. Also, now, my guest this week is uh, Simon Gordon, chairman of Facewatch, and a face that many of you will recognise, certainly within the UK industry. Proprietor of Gordon's Wine Bar in London, and dare I say, the world-famous Gordon's Wine Bar in London. 30 years as a finance uh, director in a variety of roles in banking and financial services. But Simon founded Facewatch back in 2010, initially as a crime reporting platform with involvement from police, but crucially relaunched in 2018 purely as a crime prevention solution using facial recognition, uh, but latterly with no police involvement. So, Simon, welcome. Hi, how are you, Paul? Very good and very good to speak to you. Always uh, a superstar and very well known within the industry. So nice to have you on this week. Um, before we get going, uh, and obviously, you know, the wine bar is well known for those that uh, frequent uh, such places in London. But young Simon sat at school, peering out of the window, just out of interest. What did you, what was the dream way back when? What What was in the in the future, did you, did you think at that point? Uh... It was primarily being a racing driver, motor racing driver and doing sporty stuff. But that's typical kids' dreams, isn't it? And, and sadly, um, I became an accountant, <laughs> which couldn't have been much further from the truth. <laughs> so so you, you, you were writing the letters to, to Frank Williams or whoever it was saying, please, please let me drive your race car. And, and sadly, it was just... Yeah, didn't even get that far didn't even get that far got on my I had a little car I drove around the garden in a little little tiny motor but um yeah then reality struck and uh, so yeah I became an accountant and enjoyed that but I, I really really wanted to have a have my own business have a startup of some kind I'm really excited by tech and the, the older I got the more excited I got by it so um that's really why I started Facewatch um as a new career Okay, because you did uh, you did your stint uh, in in the accountancy led to FD roles, finance director roles. So you you did your time in that in that corporate world, did you not? Before and then, how do you? I know you always had the dream, but you know, very very successful senior corporate role. Did you suddenly wake up one day and went, "That's it, I need to go off in a different direction"? I mean, what? How do you go through that? that process yeah well i i was getting um pretty fed up with it and um it, it was you know it's very lucrative being in banking and all that stuff but um i was in primary i was in financial services um, primarily life and pensions and um worked for a great company and it was really really exciting um and then i wanted to do something else so um i left and then started actually running the family wine bar um, this is shortly after my father had died. So it was sort of a, a point when I, I thought, you know, let's, okay, I want to do something different. I want to have more time. Um, started running the wine bar and um, and that was great. And it was going to be going to be plenty, but it sort of led on to, to, to starting Facewatch um, purely, purely because I'd sort of gone through all the different things when you take over a business um, all, the, all the people side of it and the property side of it. And we ex started to expand and it was going really well. But we kept getting told off by the flipping licensing officers um, for having for being a hotspot for crime. And I said, well, we give, we give all the information to the police, but nothing ever happens. And um, so that's when I started to dig a bit deeper. 
But, and, and I'm not being funny, you say you wanted more time. How does running a wine bar, which is open till late in the evening, correlate to having more time? Surely you ended up with less time oh. doing that and actually became a focal point for crime as well, you're now telling us. Yeah, no, well, we, we already were. We, crime used to be, you know, it always used to be a problem around then, around the Charing Cross area and embankment. But, um, I, I mean, I wasn't hands-on. I was more running it from a distance. So I'd go up once or twice a week. Okay. And, uh, yeah, you need really good managers in those roles. I certainly, I, I'm absolutely hopeless at pouring drinks. I, I normally <laughs> drop, drop most of the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so how on earth? So there you are. You're sort of you're saying a sort of controlling hand on the tiller of the family business you've stepped away from the corporate world where you've been for a few years how on earth do you then go make the transition i hear what you're saying about you becoming interested in crime i guess because of what was going on but how do you bring a completely new technology into a well-established market from scratch i mean how do you how do you even was, was that a good idea? Are you pleased you took that idea? I mean, how long has that taken? Well, if I'd known quite how difficult it would be, like any entrepreneur, I probably would never have started, but you can't start like that. You have to, you know, my wife says every year, you've said the same thing. This time next year, <laughs> Rodney, it will be multi-millionaires. No, it's, it's um, I just initially just wanted to, I couldn't, I couldn't stand it. I couldn't see the inefficiency of, the way crime is dealt with in the UK, you know, everybody's got CCTV, but the police come out, they pick up discs with CCTV on it. There's no, there's no sort of sharing of data. There's no very little automation. It's like in the sort of dark ages. So initially I was trying to, to create a, a, a better link with the police and just thought if we give them the information, then it can get, it'll get stopped. And these, and then and we won't have any more crime to worry about. But um over time, what happened was we built Facewatch up as a crime reporting tool where you uploaded video to the system and, and it went to the police. And But over time, as the police got less and less resources and also more and more crimes came on, um, you know, they're having to deal with so much stuff now. Uh, it became obvious that, that they couldn't deal with shoplifting and uh, personal theft and, and sort of small abuse of staff and, and customers. And... Um, so that's why we sort of morphed into facial recognition so you could prevent crime yourself. Uh, and that was always the goal. I always wanted to meet, use facial recognition. I, when we very first started, I, I had facial recognition, but I, I was phoning everybody, all the companies around saying, can we use it to stop, to stop people coming in? You know, is it accurate enough? And they said, no, that's the holy grail. You know, won't, won't be here for another six months. And they kept saying the same thing. <laughs> yeah, because I remember um, you and I speaking possibly not long after you'd launched it and you know it was this is where we're trying to get to with the facial recognition but you know probably these tech guys and girls were promising the nirvana just around the corner and yeah. it just never quite got there did it it was just no. nearly 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 and you know data protection i'm guessing there was just barrier after barrier you knew what you wanted to do but it's maybe that you couldn't quite join the dots up is that fair to say initially Exactly. So these things, these things take a long time. Everybody, you know, with, with startups, everybody thinks that you just do a startup and then, you know, it suddenly takes off. And there are very few of those. Every startup pretty much has actually spent many years slowly building up and learning because it takes you 10 years, there's 10,000 hours, they say, to, to, um, 
to to sort of get to the stage where you you really understand what you're doing and trying to break into a whole new industry uh, with a very disruptive technology that's going to change change everything pretty much um, is very very difficult so the naivety of coming in without really knowing just what a big task it was um it was was helpful because you have to have that naivety and you have to have that 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 vision of what you want to do but think it's going to be quite straightforward so yeah i d did that and the the key thing really is in the, it's in the last four years when artificial intelligence and machine learning's really taken off now, now facial recognition is just amazing you know it's 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 not the technology anymore it's more the it's more the, the way it's used and, and we're not a tech we don't we don't write the tech to do the facial recognition that's to a penny now we, we we are a data company not a facial recognition company yeah it's interesting i'm sure people will perhaps refer to you as my goodness siren you know you become an overnight success forgetting the <laughs> the 10 15 years in the in the background that, uh, that that went into getting this point so look like you say you know a data company fast forward to today you're getting some great success the technology is working what takes up the bulk of your time at, at facewatch you know you sit down at the desk in the morning you open up the laptop fire up the pc i don't know perhaps you've got a team of people read your emails out to you always have this vision uh, of how you work simon you know what what does take up the bulk of time now oh i don't have a team of anybody re reading emails <laughs> we're, we're a small team but um now, I, most of my time now is actually spent on um, the the data side of it. Um, there's a lot of going back to my roots. There's a lot of audit work, so we check all the incidents coming in. So we do a huge amount to make sure we're compliant, but but also I'm doing a lot of system development, not me not writing it, but designing to to make the processes slicker, so that we've got. Um, in fact, just 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 taken another guy on today who's going to um, do the camera tuning because we're pointing cameras at doors to capture faces, and it's very challenging because you've got backlight, whereas normally CCTV is pointing down into you know inside. When you've got backlight, you know it takes a lot of tuning to make sure it's right. So um, we have a few specialists, and we're a very small team, but we work really hard and really well together. Um, so yeah, most of my time is is um, reviewing data because I love data, love love big data, and we've got so much data now. It, it, it's it's amazing. Um, I check, you know, our algorithms. We've got two algorithms and humans, and we use uh, super recognizers, and we and we use all three to make sure that the end customer gets the absolute best result. So I can tell you exactly how accurate it is, exactly how how many alerts. It, are sent out and, and exactly how many are matched how many are no matched and, and and how many are ignored and stuff like that so it's really really great actually and i can also i can also um tell exact tell you exactly as the management manager of your business what time of day crimes happen what day of the week they mostly happen when most of the alerts occur and i can benchmark that against the other the other customers we've got so i i've probably got more data on crime than most people at my fingertips <laughs> It's fascinating you mentioned uh, having somebody uh, looking after the pointing of the cameras. It reminds me a couple of years back, um, I was just a very, very small part on a project actually in a, in a casino uh, in the US. Uh, and they had the issue with uh, facial recognition that a large percentage of people in the US wear baseball caps. Yeah. So they actually had to modify the 
uh, the entrance into the casino and put a slight ramp on it so they could really take that's it back. Never idea. Absolute genius. So all the casinos were battling with this, and this one particular one, I won't name them because I'm not sure they. Uh, well, if anybody's looking, the one with the ramps when you walk in, and that's what they did. They put this slight incline, and they had an expert come in, just like you've now done, that started to study the use of you know, camera installation, backlighting, and they came up with putting kinks in the entranceway to take the bright Nevada sunlight out the way. Uh, and then the big game chain change was the little ramps that went in, which got under the baseball cap. That's a and great that's idea. But it's the trouble The trouble we've got is that we're working with retailers. And yes. With, with a casino, where you, you can adjust things, you, know, you can say move stuff around, but they want it in a particular way. So yeah. you've got to work with them as, as it is. But yeah, we're missing people coming in is one of the, is one of the things that you know we've really nailed now. Yeah. Um, we're and we and we literally sit there and we record the screen watching um, to make sure that we're not missing anybody, so that we're because they they tend to come in, turn left very sharply, turn right very sharply. But but interestingly and relevant to what you were saying is a lot of the a lot of the the, the, the shoplifters and and criminals now are, are wearing. They are wearing caps, but also they're wearing the masks. Yeah. So they're the only people still wearing masks. Yeah. Funny that they must be very health conscious. They were also the last people to wear masks when we first started, because by definition, they don't obey the rules. Mm. So, <laughs> but now they've sussed out that it's quite a good idea. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, they just focused purely on the uh, on the mask wearers. So look, I mean, you you really have persevered, you know, to to get the success that you're now getting with Face Watch. I mean, I've got to ask you you know other than resilience what have you learned over the years because you, you, you know any entrepreneur comes across objections particularly when you're introducing a new technology what's the main thing you've learned what, what's your top tip for for overcoming those objections um well i've slowly learned to to, to try and i used to get very annoyed but, but people couldn't see what i saw and um and probably rubbed quite a few people up the wrong way, which for which I apologise. But you know, you've got to, you, you need to be able to see both sides of the argument. You're coming into an industry that's very well established, that's working in a particular way, um, and it's very difficult when you've been doing something in a particular way to, to, to even accept that there is a there is a completely new way to do it. Um, and so I, I, you've got to. You've got to persevere, but you've got to you've got to try and see it from both both sides' perspective. Because actually, I've also learned a hell of a lot. I thought you know, you know, thought I thought I knew the answers, but it's you know, you don't know all the answers. You have to slowly understand both sides of the picture, and and try and merge the two together. So, um, yeah, what we've done is we've uh, our biggest thing is, and in fact, I learned this off of my new CEO, call him new, um, Nick, Nick Fisher, who's our CEO, who's from a retail background. His, his, his whole philosophy was take away the objections that everybody's got before you go and see them. So build them into the system. And the biggest one always was GDPR data protection. So we are the data controllers. We do everything. Um, we look after all the data. All you do is you give it to us. We even process the facial recognition. And that takes a big worry away from them because they're, they're you know, because it's new, they're scared of it. And then they think, oh God, will the customers hate it? You know, will, will I lose customers? And not one of our businesses has lost customers. So you slowly go through the different things. 
is it accurate people don't ask that anymore because they know that they know it's accurate but you know you you have to have answers to everything and and sort of present those at the beginning and then we have to you just have to keep doing loads of of um of trials uh, so now we don't really need to do trials anymore because no. you know, it's like cctv you don't say i want to test the camera but when you first start you just have to have to do that so all those apologies that you saw offering up there you can now say potentially i apologize but i also told you so so (laughs) (laughs) now i know you've touched on it there i want to try and understand a little bit more about how it works the sort of results that you're getting maybe some feedback but before we do in uh, in time-honored fashion we're just going to take a quick 30 second break and hear from our sponsors and then we'll be back for every type of business the power of a data-driven security video management system designed to give you total control anywhere, anytime, 3X Logic. So welcome back to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast. I am, of course, still talking to Simon Gordon from Facewatch. Now, um, before that little break there, Simon, you were alluding to um, some of the functionality and maybe how the system's working. But if possible, I'd like to try and understand a little bit more. So maybe you can give us a flavor of how it actually works. I know you're saying the servers sit with you, but but what would a, a retailer get? Maybe the sort of results that some people are getting, any feedback, anecdotes that you want to share with us would be really useful for the audience just to understand the system a little bit more. Right. So um yeah, it's a really it's really, really simple. It's just basically a CCTV camera that points at the door. Um, so instead of and and our whole thing is to prevent the crime from happening in the first place, not to record a crime that's already happened because it's too late then. Um, so we cut, we have a uh, firm of installers that comes along, they install the camera pointed at the door, fit maximum 15 degree angle to the face. Um, and it, that's attached to a small computer. It's a Jetson computer. It's only six inches by six inches. Um, and it's connected to one of our routers, so it doesn't have to touch the, it doesn't have to affect the broadband or anything of the of the store. Um, and that's the phys- that's the hardware side of it. Uh, then we we give them a, a a phone as part of the package, which they then use to get the alerts on. So all that will happen is the manager will as you know every store has has watch lists um, and people that they people that they know are stealing. So they will see a theft happen. They, they normally don't spot it as it's happening. Um, let's say they walk around, oh gosh, where have all the steaks gone? Or where's all the baby milk gone and stuff like that that, 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 that tends to get nicked. And um, they then go back to the CCTV, rewind it over the last hour because it's normally happened in the last, the last hour. All oh, right, okay, this person's done it. Then they log into our system um, and they can scroll through all the people that have walked in, just the faces. We crop the faces. So it's like CCTV, but it's just the faces. Um, and say, ah, oh, it was that person. Then they click a button, create an incident, which takes 30 to 40 seconds to do. Just really basic, but with a very, very strong witness statement. And also they have to describe exactly what's happened. Um, press the button and that's then uploaded to our system. We then take responsibility for that data. We review what you've said to make sure it's got, there's enough evidence there <clears throat> to call it um, a reasonably suspected crime. Um, and then you uh, and then you leave it to us. Next time that person walks in, your phone will go beep, 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 and makes a, a weird noise. 
pull it out of your pocket, see, you see that uh, it's got two faces on it. One's the face of the person who's just walked in. One's the face of the person on the watch list. They're quite often multiple images from where they've walked in before and you've matched it. So all you need to do then, and this is the key bit, is you, you, you're not going up and accusing anybody of stealing anything or, or doing anything. You're going up and you're either just going to keep an eye on them or you're gonna go up and say, can I help you? And they'll probably say, no, I'm just looking and say, not to worry, I'll be right behind you. Um, and they then know what's going on. If, 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 you've, if you've made a mistake, then the worst that can happen is you've given someone great customer service. Um, and sometimes you know exactly who it is. So they just say, oi, come on, Fred, off you go. Yeah. Um, so that's it. So you're preventing the crime before it happens. Because if you go up to somebody after they've already hidden some food and wine or whatever, or meat uh, in their jacket or in, in, a, in a separate four line basket, um, then you're, you're already in a conflict situation. And that's why there's so much abuse against staff. There's 450 uh, abuse crimes against staff every single day. And the stories we've heard from customers about being spat at, they're having their families um, threatened, um, all, all sorts of horrific things. About 25% of our crimes are, are, are ASB or involve ASB. So you stop it and, and the staff absolutely love it. This is the, the fantastic thing. The staff are our biggest sellers. They basically tell all the other staff in the, in the store chain um, that the work they're part of um how great it is because what happens is when you stop that sort of crime happening even small stuff it starts to dissipate and then what happens is the criminals they they go back and they say to their friends um i went into that store and they've got they've got something called face watch there's a sign on the on the window that they, they know when you're going in so i wouldn't go in there and nick to go somewhere else and literally the crime all moves away now we're not saying we solve crime and it, you know they're going to go somewhere else and nick but over time Hopefully, um, as more people use FaceWatch, they'll, you know, it'll it'll actually get them to, to to cut out crime completely. But that's that's the idea of it. Very straightforward. And and obviously, great that the you know one of the things is that you know the threats that um, staff on the shop floor feel. So anything to you know provide reassurance there is is fabulous. But what are the you know what's the sort of corporate feedback? You know who's who's commissioning this? Is this through? loss prevention is it store ops is it hr is it a mixture and then you know what's the corporate feedback if you like to the to the solution going in well a lot of places call it profit protection now because yeah. um it's it's actually more more positive because the, the the public general public are absolutely they're completely unaware of the numbers we're talking about you know half of half of the big supermarkets profits is going in 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 loss and in fact, we were talking to the marketing director of one of the one of the top, one of the big, well, the biggest retailer in the UK, and they were saying, you know, it all gets passed on to customers. You know, one percent to one and a half percent price increase is passed on to customers. So the feedback from those people, from the from the businesses, has been unbelievable. We've got we've got loads of podcasts that we've done of people, and there are a lot of them on, on our website, but. Um, where they're just saying how much money they've saved. And typically um, we can say you save at least 25% within 90 days and at least 50% within a year. And that's, that's from all the, all the sites that we've put in. 
that's reviewing every single one, rebasing them all to day one. That, those are massive figures. You know, you're talking for a big retailer that would be hundreds of millions if you put it across the whole estate. Um, and then one of our, our, our biggest retailer, which is one of the biggest in the UK, uh, they had put it into uh, just a, a small number of stores at the beginning of the trial and it had paid for practically the whole rollout um, within that two months. It, it's unbelievable. It, it's very, very quick and very, very straightforward. And, and just, it, it's, there's no, nobody loses really because the criminals who are carrying out these crimes, they're not being thrown into prison. Nothing's happening to them. They're basically being moved on. Um, although if they continue, then arrests to occur and we have quite a few arrests throughout the you know throughout our estate but only really of people that just keep coming back and stealing lots yeah and and yeah uh, i mean those numbers are, are just absolutely compelling aren't they in terms of you know a, a, a business case and a case study for retailers and you know arguably you sort of demonstrated facial recognition has a big future in in crime prevention i mean what what are your plans for the for the system for you and for FaceWatch going forward? I mean, you know, I guess the goal is every retailer in every high street has the system. But you know, what what are you looking forward to? What do you want to see happen over the next? I mean, what are the goals? One, three, five years? But give, give us some insight. Well, over the next um, already, we're starting now to we're we're starting about launching in the US. So. Just very gently dipping our toes in the water. We've got a partner over there who's, who works in loss prevention. Um, he's got hundreds of, of customers already in retail and is very excited about, about rolling this out. So we're we're putting it into a few a few sites. Now we all read about San Francisco banning facial recognition stuff. They have the most horrendous crime problems. Uh, it's unbelievable now. And you, you can't just let people do anything. Mm. Um, and so San Francisco is, a, is an edge case. A lot of states um, are, are not, not quite so liberal. They will allow facial recognition, uh, but it has to be done in a very, very strict way. So, for example, with FaceWatch, we are above, we act above the GDPR rules. We delete the faces the second you've walked in as a customer. If you're not on that watch list, the algorithm is your algorithmic template is deleted instantly. Um, we only keep data for a year on our um, for subjects of interest. You know, we 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 delete um, alerts if no if someone ignores them after an hour. Mm -hmm. And there's so many checks and balances. Uh, an audit process is built in to make sure that the system works absolutely brilliantly that um, you know, we've, we've, we've covered most of those bases. So funnily enough, in the US, there's very little penetration, but facial recognition is hardly used in retail. So that's the next market we're looking at. Uh, plus we've got Europe as well, and we've partnered up with a great company in the US called Safer, which is part of Real Networks, who are our algorithm provider. Yep. They've got some huge customers and they, they basically came to us because they said they all want facial recognition, but they don't dare use it because of GDPR. And um, so, you know, that's that's so that's where we're going. Um, and there will be other countries as well. I will never have 100 percent penetration because basically you'll always put it into the top top 25, maybe 50 percent of your stores. There's no there's no need to pay for it. It's like having security guards. Mm. So uh, and then in some places it'll be mixed with security guards. But I also see a future where there's sort of more shared security. 
And so if you've got one security guard shares, shared in a, in a, you know, in shopping centers and places like that, if an alert goes off, they can go and deal with it, as opposed to paying security guards in every single, in every single retailer, which is extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. And also to me is, you know, what would you rather a big security guard watching you as you walk around the store or facial recognition, which you, you don't even know is there. It's just keeping you safe and doesn't doesn't remember that you've even you've been in there or doesn't remember anything about you um uh, and can be backed up with security if required if there's somebody who's violent or you know or or abusive that comes in super exciting i have to say you know from from that sort of starting point of the vision to where you guys are now the massive rollout it's so so impressive to see uh, and it feels like you know that early if only it could do this has now well and truly arrived in terms of what it's delivering so uh, i'm really i'm really pleased uh, uh, that, that you're stuck at it i think it's a it's a huge uh, plus for the industry um thank you very much for giving us a little gallop through where you are i know there's some even more exciting news on the horizon so we'll look forward to that uh, when you're able to share that but simon for now it's been an absolute pleasure as it always is thank you so much for being a guest this week thanks paul brilliant 